Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to our first episode of our brand new podcast. We have a couple of marine biologists here with me, Eric Austin Yee and Caitlin Taylor. Hey, everyone. Hello. And we have myself, a marine wildlife photographer. My name is Slater Moore. We uh, were hanging out last night watching the movie, and we decided that'd be a cool idea if we could all get together once a week and create a podcast that's kind of based on whale watching, uh, marine biology, maybe photography, and uh, just some topics related to the ocean. So here we are, and let's jump right into this. Woohoo! Go for it. Let's <laughs> talk whales. All right, so um, we decided our first topic would be whale watching along the California coast, and uh, we didn't put any bullet points under that, so we don't know where this is going to go, but we think maybe we can start off by talking about um, maybe the best time of year to go whale watching here in California. All right, so we'll have Eric talk about his whale watching experiences in the Southern California, Orange County range, and maybe we can have Caitlin talk about her experiences in the Monterey Bay. Um, Eric, what do you think about whale watching along the California coast? Uh, California coast, well, as far as Southern California goes, uh, where I was based out uh, for a while, weather, I mean, you can't beat the weather and ocean conditions now that I worked up and down the coast. Um, I wore flip-flops, shorts, t-shirts pretty much year-round in Southern California. Uh, the ocean is a lake compared to where I work now. Uh, as far as sighting goes, I can definitely see a difference. Um, so you often get asked when's the best season, um, summertime, especially uh, the last few years. We've really seen an increase of humpbacks in the area. Uh, and then during the fall, you really do get this lull where you're just looking forward to seeing common dolphins, but your uh, your bigger cetaceans, uh, you know, your your uh, humpbacks and uh, your blue whales are kind of a little thin uh, during the fall. But uh, once uh, it starts cooling down, the gray whales really start picking up. So that's one thing I noticed about Southern California. But I'm sure Caitlin can talk about other parts of California where it seems like there's more consistent sightings. Uh, year round so what i would say first of all about monterey bay is any day could be the best day to go whale watching uh, we're pretty darn spoiled in monterey bay we do get whales year round most companies actually guarantee a sighting year round which is pretty crazy there's not really any other place on earth like that there's definitely peaks though um, and one of the slower times that I've experienced in the last five years, which is a little biased because it's changed a lot in the last 10 years, is June can be kind of slow. It can be incredible, but it also can be pretty slow and the weather can be pretty rough. Um, the humpbacks kind of settle in, check in in May, April and May, and then they, they disappear in June and then come back in July and really hang around till late October, early November. It can be a little bit of a gap in November, November depending on when the gray whales decide to start showing up and then the gray whales are pretty consistent end of december all the way through march and april and may can also be the best time to see killer whales blue whales it really depends on the year some years they're here in march and then they're here to stay some years there's a big pulse where they show up for three weeks in may and then you don't see them the rest of the season it just depends on the krill but um any day could be your nat geo day where you saw 10 species of cetaceans Four other species of mammals. We saw killer whales punching a dolphin in the air. 
you just never quite know what's going to happen. And it's, it's pretty awesome to have that possibility any day of the year. Yeah. Well, both of those places are definitely uh, some of my favorites to photograph whales and dolphins. Yeah. We got to keep in mind too, that, uh, you know, you'll read field guides or textbooks. They'll tell you whales show up this time of year in this area, but you know, the animals don't have these field guides. They don't uh, have and a calendar. And with the population's growing, some of them. Yeah, like things the change. Yeah, I know I mentioned how back in Southern California, you know, humpbacks were usually a summer thing. But, I'm, you know, looking at uh, some of our fellow whale watchers down in Southern California right now are, 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 you know, literally today, I think, you know, saw humpbacks. Even the last... Yeah, Oceanside, you see that? Yeah, the last few days have seen humpbacks. So, uh, you just never know out there what's going to happen. I think the water is also... Stayed kind of warm this year. So down basically, south, as yeah. long as the weather's good, it's pretty much a good time to go whale watching in California. Uh, you might not always get a bigger baleen whale um, in the Southern California part of the coast. It might just be some common dolphins or maybe Pacific white-sided dolphins um, during the winter months. But you never know. If you don't go out there, you won't see anything. So it's definitely uh, always a good time to go. And since it's gray whale season um, going on right now, and it's actually kind of the heart of it, Maybe we can talk about gray whales migrating along the California coast and how it can differ from the Monterey Bay versus Southern California. Uh, maybe how they act and, um, yeah, just the whole migration. Cool. Um, one thing that I've noticed, and I think, I think all three of us have discussed this, uh, was uh, the activity level of the gray whales. We do know gray whales are pretty slow you know traveling in single digit speeds all the time and uh here we pretty much just see them traveling uh yeah they definitely don't stop yeah. to hang around and play play around as much as i've noticed um they do in southern california yeah but during the northbound migration we do see them get uh frisky uh out here but as far as like uh breaching and spy hopping goes i remember seeing that a lot more down south i really really don't know what it is i'm just wondering if they're being a little bit more stealthy coming through the monterey bay area you know i think they maybe, can feel the, the maybe the water temperature is getting a little warmer maybe or maybe they had previous incidents with some of our you know bigs out here or something like that so bigs are our transient killer yeah. whales for those of you who don't know so maybe they go in stealth mode <laughs> what do you think caitlin's been in monterey for what five years now yeah what i tell people is on the south by, southbound migration, they're very business-oriented when they're in Monterey. They're still far enough away from the party that they're like, we got to go. Um, and that seems to be, you know, their behavior. Oftentimes, we don't see them breaching. We don't see them stopping to roll around. They're just like, they got to get down the coast on the southbound migration. On the northbound migration, that's when you get friendly gray whale encounters. You see them rolling around with each other. Sometimes you see mating. Well, Some courtship going displays. on. I don't know if they're actually mating, but they're showing off. Um, Drone spy says hopping, otherwise. breaching. <laughs> what are they showing um, off, Caitlin? <laughs> well, you can definitely tell showing who's male and who's moves. not. <laughs> they're definitely showing, showing the Pink Floyd there. Um, and on the northbound migration, if you're watching them from shore, like in Big Sur, and you're up above them, a lot of times you'll see them stop and play in the kelp or just pace back and forth on the shore a lot and they don't really seem to be in a hurry um at least until they get to monterey bay once they're crossing point pinos on the northbound migration they're almost impossible to watch they start snorkeling they're keep a very low profile it's really hard even even without a calf the adults are like not messing around 
once they get past Point Pinos on their way up to the to the other side of the bay. And I think that um, the gray whale migrate northbound part of the gray whale migration along the Southern California coast is probably one of the best places to watch the gray whales, uh, being that there's a lot of beaches with open just sand and no rocks, and these gray whales love to stop and kind of roll around. Um, maybe if they have their young, a calf, you see them practicing like buoyancy control and stuff like that, blowing bubbles and just all sorts of cool stuff. So it's, in my opinion, one of the best places to watch the northbound part of the gray whale migration is definitely in the Southern California coast. That doesn't mean it's bad to go whale watching in Monterey or Central California during this time. It just means you're going to be seeing a completely different behavior from the gray whales and you might also be seeing a killer whale predation among these gray whales and Caitlin has definitely seen plenty of those so maybe she can talk a little <laughs> bit about what that is yeah so the reason why even the adults do not like stop and play around in Monterey Bay on the northbound migration is because Monterey Bay is one of the first deep water obstacles they have to cross when they're a calf with their mom they're only about three maybe four months old when they're coming through the bay and uh it's very deep water and it's very deep water close to shore. So it gets a little tricky because there's some very intelligent animals out there known as killer whales. We see transient or bigs killer whales most often in central California, um, especially Monterey Bay. Because of that deep canyon, it, they seem to use it as a trap. So the killer whales have figured out that if they can isolate a mom and calf out over the middle of the, the canyon, there's no escape because the the mom wants to run near shore with her calf and try and escape from the killer whales so they get in really shallow water they almost beach themselves and then they can rest and they can the killer whales will give up but the killer whales know that if they can sneak up on the gray whale mom and calf pair in deep water then there's no escape and they eventually will separate the calf from the mom and eat the calf we have seen escapes Sometimes the gray whale mom does a really good job, hustles all the way into shore for several hours, um, but I have seen my fair share of successful hunts as well, and it's pretty traumatizing. Sometimes <laughs> the mom even just, like, pouts and, like, will lay upside down mm -hmm. for 15 minutes or will charge around, charge at boats, charge at the killer whales. Um, sometimes they take off so quick you forgot they were there, um, and a lot of gray whales do have scars from encounters with killer whales at some point in their life yeah i mean me having worked in the south and now coming to the north i've it's yeah it's two different worlds uh for the uh, northbound migrations it's kind of crazy i remember down south i mean you would see these moms and calves playing in the coves in uh, the laguna beach area and i don't recall personally seeing a predation event of a calf in uh, Southern California, but I do know it has occurred. I think it uh, has. Yeah, I think a number of years I ago. Someone told me that off of never Point heard of it. Vicente. I know the the people at the census mm. actually, actually that. witnessed that uh, years ago. Was it successful or was it just a harassment? I don't recall. We can probably get some input it's... from some of our friends about that. But um, but then moving up here, like last season, I saw more predation events than live calves. I probably saw two calves coming up and down our coast yeah. and i saw what i think it was six predation events looking through my logs so yeah it's a whole different world for these calves depending on which part of the coast they're on it's funny because when i lived in southern california and um the killer whales we don't we don't typically see the killer whales but maybe one or two times a year down in socal but that has changed they saw them quite a bit 
this um, past year in 2018. But back in 2015, when when I'm talking about, um, I was actually watching a pod of killer whales during the gray whale migration and a mother and calf on the southbound. Sometimes these gray whales will actually have their calves early. They'll have them before they get down to the lagoons in Baja. And I actually watched this mom and baby pass right past a pod of killer whales. And um, the killer whales for sure probably knew they were in the area um, and didn't do anything. They kept swimming the opposite direction as them. So I think that's pretty crazy to think um, that they would just pass up an opportunity like that. But talking to someone, they thought maybe there's just not enough. Um, it's not fat enough. It doesn't, yeah, <laughs> the, the baby's too small and it doesn't have enough you know, meat for them to eat yet. So I guess that's kind of what happened with that situation. But it's pretty crazy to think they would pass something up like that. I'm thinking some of our... Um are transient pods even though they're all transients i think certain pods probably prefer or specialize in certain and it was, types it of was the 51 so yeah, i don't know like, if, are they in the predations a lot up here um if they're not in the predation they, they are seen eating afterwards yeah we yeah. i personally seen the 51s go after sea lions and dolphins back in southern california i don't think i've ever see, seen them with the calves but emma, no, I have, emma's I've pod seen the, 50, emma, the 140s yeah, are always after grade i've seen the 51s because the the breaching sunset photo i have the 51s were there that day and that that they were with whoever else was there which i'm yeah. pretty sure was I mean, emma. they seen, were with emma's pod i think yeah emma's pod i've seen do a lot of takedowns the last three or four years um or they've been and they've been present almost every time there's a carcass um, but i've actually seen them take down gray whale calves most of the predation mm-hmm. events that I've witnessed. Um, the 51s have been around. I think they're in the area at yeah. the time, probably. But um, they're but not necessarily if, hunting them. You know, sometimes we'll come ac- across a carcass not long after sunrise. So s- some of this might be happening at night, too. So You think they miss... could take one down at night? Yeah, I mean, they, they see with sound. They don't need eyesight to figure out where a gray whale and but... calf are. Ow. Maybe um, a little more energy during the daytime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it does seem like more... Predations do happen during daylight hours, but there's been a few times where a carcass has been discovered pretty fresh and pretty early in the day where it probably was happening in the dark. That's amazing. Definitely, if you do come to Monterey for um, during April and May for the gray whale predation or killer whale predations, uh, keep in mind that it's a pretty intense moment to watch. Yeah. It's not like. It's not crazy. It's not like there's blood spraying everywhere. There definitely can be some blood. Yeah. But it's um, definitely a lot of white water, and if you understand what's happening, it's pretty it sad. It makes it more sad. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. always tell people, you learn things from ex- these experiences that a textbook won't teach you. I mean, right. you really do see the intelligence of our oh, work. Yeah. You see the plotting, the planning, the strategies, especially, mm-hmm. you know, once you see it more and more, you're like, oh... Especially yeah. watching it from the drone. Yeah. Watching yeah. one That's come. That's what I was just going to say. A you know, book you will not explain that to you. you got to One killer whale coming from the left hits it, and then right when it lands, another one coming straight yeah. below. Just the... Um, one of the coolest maneuvers I didn't even think that killer whales did. I didn't notice until Slater filmed it on the drone. Um, you'll see a lot of rake marks, especially on the pectoral fins of the calf. And the killer whales come from underneath. Like, they come on the ventral side of... Um, the gray whale calf and they grab the opposite peck fin and they barrel under, yeah. roll it. They oh. rip the fin keep underneath the and, yeah, and they keep flip the whale it over. upside down. Yeah, so it'll aspirate. Because that's how killer whales kill their food is they basically drown it. They don't ever 
have like a fatal bite. They don't get their food to bleed out because it has thick skin. It has thick blubber. And so they have to drown their prey. And they so, definitely can mess up the insides though. Yeah, and they do. Yeah, they do quite a bit of internal organ damage as well. Yeah. But yeah, Slater got a really good video one year where it was just covered in rake marks on the peck fin. And I was like, what the hell are they doing? And then it ripped it from underneath and spun it around. And I was like, oh. It's just, what's really crazy to me is watching the mom instantly get back underneath the calf and yeah. lift She's it up like so quick. the mom is just her main goal is to keep that calf above the water and keep it on her back and keep the killer whales away from it obviously but it's just amazing that she's trying to fight these killer whales off you know flailing her peck fins and her fluke all yeah. over the place while trying to keep the baby up on her back watching her fluke fly while she's holding the calf on her back yeah. is pretty nuts they're pretty they're they're good moms but that one strategy i noticed there was that one predation that happened out here uh, it was that one that occurred right in front of Cannery Row that one year, and we oh, saw yeah. this one strategy where it seems like the males and the bigger uh, killer whales were actually keeping the mom back once they eventually had the calf yeah. separated. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, actually. they tag team. Um, so they once were, they already had the calf, right? Yeah, yeah. Were, yeah the mom was pissed. Yeah, too. yeah. They, they were like the gray one. Mom was pissed. Yeah, yeah. she charged yeah. like all because she was, it was going right in front of the harbor, so there was mm-hmm. like forty boats, and yeah. she charged all of them in her eyesight. Yeah, she charged whatever was in front of her. She was very mad for like um, two hours afterwards. And once they get past this scary place in the Monterey Bay, these gray whales keep continue on and head back to Alaska. Um, the Bering Sea, the Chukchi Sea up there, where they'll continue feeding during the summer months. And once it gets cold and the water starts freezing over, they'll head back this way and they'll do it all over again. It's one of the most impressive migrations of any animal, but especially any mammal on Earth. They are making one of the longest trips and they're fasting during the trip, which kind of goes back to how upset some of the moms get. It's like totally justified. It's a huge sacrifice to migrate while pregnant, give birth, and lactate. And not eat. Yeah, and be fasting. Oh, and you then said fasting. you lose the calf. It's yeah. like you did all that for nothing. Yeah. I want to know if they, like, I, obviously they care because it was a lot of work, but they seem to, like, just continue on. Some get real sad. But, but like, think about humpbacks, like, or, or I guess any mammal like this. After a year, they pretty much go on a deep dive and they're like, I'm out. And then they leave the after it's, you know, ready to go on its own. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They're going to leave that whale and never see it again, basically. I don't think we have the social component figured out too too clearly with baleen whales. It does seem like it's kind of cutthroat. Like, I'm not saying that I'm they don't care. I'm done making milk for you, see you later. <laughs> no, I think they do care. But, yeah. In my opinion. I mean, I'd be pretty pissed if at three months old I lost my kid after 15 months worth of work. Yeah. Plus, we don't actually know if yeah, maybe they kick them out after a year, but we don't know if they don't. They, if they come to Monterey Bay every year, they, they might see each other. So. Yeah, yeah, might run into mom, exactly. So they might know. Yeah, and there's other whale, like baleen whale populations. Like I think of the whales that come to Selwagon Bank um, National Marine Sanctuary in the Atlantic Ocean off the east coast of the United States. They do see, they know their individual whales really well. And so the humpbacks, they do see calves with mom years later, even if mom has another calf. What's happening during that interaction isn't always clear, but, you know, I think there's a lot more going on that we just completely miss. And it's kind of hard to keep tabs on individual gray whales because um, there's so many. There's a few that really have unique markings, like Scarback was just sighted yesterday or today in Southern California. Um, and some that visit 
the same area have high sight fidelity, you can kind of keep tabs on them that way. But, I mean, you're not keeping track of 25,000 gray whales as individuals anymore. That's crazy. That scarback is an amazing whale. Um, I guess the story behind that is in the 80s, this gray whale um, was hit with an exploding harpoon, but That's it must have just theory. been lightly into the back, and it kind of just blew out a little bit. Um, it's It's got a crazy scar on it, very unique. It's easy to spot once you've seen it. I actually saw this whale previously, um, I think in 2015. So that's a th- full, almost a four. That's four years now. I've seen her since that the early 2000s, because I grew up on the Oregon coast, and Scarback's one of those resident whales that feeds in Depot Bay, and she's in the prime of her reproductive years. She has a calf every other year, like clockwork. Um, and she, she's yeah, way they older think, than me. Yeah, they th- she's <laughs> older than all of us, maybe. She's been around a long, long time. Um, there's photos of her with the wound in the 80s, but she was already an adult when she had the wound. And Jim Sumich, actually, who a couple of us know, um, he was one of my professors at Oregon State before he retired, he suspects that the lice on Scarback are part of why she stays alive because she had that wound never closed on her back it's an open wound some years it looks better than others some years it's bleeding um all year long like and the lice keep it same. clean and uh and keep it free of infection so without that good population of whale lice on her back she may have died from infections from the wound a long time ago and she's lived with it for almost 30 years have you seen scarback i don't think so I feel like it's funny because every time I've seen Scarback, they see it in Dana Point, like the next, you know, the next (laughs) hour or the next trip. Eric, Eric used to work um, just 13 miles away from where I worked. I worked in Newport Beach for a long time, and he worked in Dana Point, which is very close to each other. And so a lot of the whales I see, he usually sees them on the next trip, yeah, or vice versa. So that's pretty cool. Well, I definitely think that that covers um, the majority of the gray whale migration along the California coastline. Would you guys have any extra thoughts on the gray whale migration? Go watch it. <laughs> Whether it's from a boat or from land, it's it's really awesome. Go watch it. They are definitely not the most acrobatic whale when it comes to the central part of the coast. Like yeah. Eric said earlier, he sees see a lot more breaching and more playful activity down south. But um, if you don't have super high expectations, you'll definitely enjoy watching yeah. them. And they're so abundant, especially right, yeah, like literally right numbers. now. Uh, pick any place, you know, around the California coast. I prefer points, you know. Uh, I've always mentioned that to people, depending on if you're in Southern California or Central California, any town with the name or location with the name Point, uh, like in the south, Dana Point, Point Vicente. Uh, over Somewhere here, that's Monterey, high up. Point Pinos, Point Lobos, Point yeah, Sir. Point Sir. <laughs> Anywhere high up, uh, you know, is a great place to check these gray whales. Um, or just watch them, take you know, exhaling. You can see tons of spouts all across yeah. the ocean right now. Yeah, and yeah. just to, you know, show you how well the season is, you know, the last few days, our, our trips have been seeing whales in the, in the double digits. I mean, 40 whales during the AM trip, you know, so uh, it's definitely something you should all take advantage of. If you get seasick, like I said, this is something you can do from a, a cliff. And I'm sure somewhere along the California coast, uh, wherever you are, there's one that's probably going to be within your reach. My gosh. And another thing I think that's pretty cool about the gray whale migration, um, the dolphins can really get them going. Pacific white-sided dolphins and the bottlenose, I think, in my opinion, really um, can get the gray whales in a frisky mood. Same, same with the common dolphins as well. 
But a lot of times, if there's a pretty big group of gray whales, two or three plus, uh, the dolphins can get them all rolling around with each other and just really put on a great show. So that's something really cool that you can get out of the gray whale migration here. Um, when we see humpbacks here during the summer months, they're feeding. They're not really typically – they do. They are very acrobatic, don't get me wrong, but they're not typically um, playing around with dolphins and stuff like that. So that's something really cool that you can get out of the gray whale season. Yeah, and as far as timing, I mean – any time in California from like mid-November through June, you have the possibility of seeing a gray whale on the boat or from shore. Um, but as far as the peak of the southbound gray whale migration, which for most of the California coast is easier to see, Northern California, that's like the second week of January. Um, and then Central California, it's usually the third and fourth week. And then as you're getting down towards Southern California, um, things are things are kind of happening all the time because they're close to the crossover point. They're close to Baja, um, but definitely looking around on the coast, you could you could see them for several months out of the winter time. Yeah. Moms and calves tend to be the last to leave, so uh, you get this trickle of them through April and into uh, early May. Even you you'll see some gray whales, and just keep in mind, like I said earlier, whales don't have calendars, so it doesn't just cut off. It just you just see them slowly, slowly, slowly thin off, and you'll be surprised. You get these weirdo gray whales pop up in the middle of summer we don't know if they're early or late <laughs> i saw one at point lobos in august and it yeah. did not look like it knew what it was doing yeah you're like are you early late or sick oh yeah. and they do get lost uh that's yeah. another thing is sometimes you'll see them going into harbors along mm -hmm. the coast not just in california all yeah. the way up the coast uh newport beach is a, has a really long harbor compared to most of the other harbors mm -hmm. um la also has a pretty big one but mm -hmm. We've had them go pretty far deep into the Newport Harbor, which is something kind of odd. Yeah. And, and they'll figure it out. Eventually, they'll be like, okay, this is weird. And then they'll turn around and, <laughs> and head back out. Yeah. And speaking of getting lost thinking globally, there's been gray whales sighted in the Atlantic and yeah, in the Namibia, Mediterranean. Yeah, Israel, Spain. Um, there used to be gray whales in the Atlantic. They were hunted they to extinction. Um, but what... The working theory is that the few that have been sighted on the other side of the world lately have been Pacific gray whales, that the ice created, a, there was a thin enough ice that there was a passage across towards the North Pole. They went up and over and down the Atlantic they side. They were just explorers. Yeah, they just got turned all the way around. Um, and one of the whales definitely did not look very good. It was really, really thin. But one whale, I mean, heck, it could have gone back around again. <laughs> What if he thought he was just a northbounder? Because it's now that you think about it's like it. We've been swimming north a long yeah. time. The, but the coast is on his right, but he's going, you know what I mean? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Never know. <laughs> yeah, I'm just wondering if he ever. I've been going north forever. I'm wondering if he ever came back over. Yeah. It's like on a NASCAR highway. <laughs> You're making a left turn. All left turns. <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. Well, well, we're pretty excited about this podcast. I think we're going to probably end it around here. Um, do you guys have any final thoughts? We can't wait till next week. We're happy to geek out about any whale-related topics. Yeah, we can even talk about any, any... There's always cool stuff happening here. We can talk about latest whale-watching news, too. And since this is our first podcast, we can actually ask you guys, what are some topics you would like us to talk about? Uh, it doesn't just have to be about the California coast by any means. We like to talk about whales everywhere. And so if you guys have any questions or comments or just things or topics that we can talk about, please let us know. Um, I don't know where this is going to be posted as of right now. <laughs> so wherever it is, there'll probably be like a comment section or something. So, yeah, we look forward for you guys to listen to this and we look forward to creating for you. Thanks for listening. 
Thanks, everyone. Have a great day or night, wherever you are, and just be awesome. <laughs>